0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston Sports Podcast. And Joining me is co-host Stephen Kerr, who I'm, wait a second, I'm being told he was an usher at J.J. Watt's wedding, and I'm also being told that he tried to stop the wedding, but Bill O'Brien was out of timeouts. Um,
1: you know, I wish I were at J.J. I, I wish I could even be invited to J.J. Watt's wedding, much less be an usher. That That's quite a... Wow, that's quite a feat. I w- I would gladly take credit for that if it were true. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, JJ Watt's got. He's married now. Congratulations to to JJ and Kaylee and it's Kaylee Watt, I guess. Yeah, Kaylee Watt. That's what it would be now. Well, uh, man, another week of insanity with the Astros. Uh, let Let's see where to start, and I, I just don't even know where you begin with this, but. This is the week that was with the Astros. Jim Crane explained at a press conference that the Astros cheating had absolutely no impact, no impact on the game of baseball. MLB pitcher Mike Bolsinger is suing the Astros for how their cheating ruined his career. A fantasy baseball player is also suing them and the Red Sox for cheating him out of money. California Little Leagues are banning the use of the Astros as a team name. MLB players around baseball are hinting that they might fire beanballs at the Astros' head. Cody Bellinger says Altuve stole the MVP, the Astros stole the World Series, and Hugh Darvish wants their title stripped. Carlos Correa says Altuve Redick and Tony Kemp did not cheat. He also said an unfinished tattoo is why Altuve didn't want his jersey ripped off. Uh, Steven, there are also rumors that the Astros and Rob Manford bit off the head of a live bat at a Nazi Osborne concert back in 1982. Well, everything you've said
1: thus far um, hasn't—it's been pretty negative. Pretty sad. is the sky falling. I, I'm beginning to well, where's Chicken Little when we need him. But I, I have to tell you, as, as sad as all this is, if you're an Astros fan and and you know people like you and me, we're we're both fans and we're media, so we cover the team even on a from a distance. It as sad as all this is. This is what the Astros get. You know, let let's be clear—they cheated, they got caught, and now. And and for who knows how long, from now on, they're going to have to deal with all this, all, all the fallout that comes with it, whether it's fair or not, whether whether the criticism is fair or not. Now, look, I, I will stop short of saying that that players should or, or pitchers should retaliate by hitting Astros batters because they're cheating. I mean, come on, that are you gonna you're gonna violate another code of baseball because of a code that you think was violated? And I'll stop short about that. But everything else that the Astros are getting. Uh criticism from the fans, from players, from media, and, and just the black mark, this is this is what they get. this is this is gonna have to this is what they're gonna have to bite off and chew starting now and, and for who knows how long. You know, the Black Sox scandal happened a hundred years ago, and people are still talking about it. A hundred years from now, Robert, when you and I and everybody else are dead and gone, people are still gonna be talking about the cheating scandal. That was the Houston Astros and it's sad, but it's just the cold, hard facts of
0: life. This is what they get. Is this ever going to end this year? I mean, can we, are we going to get to a point where we can go like 24 or 48 hours without some new revelation or new, you know, back and forth or I mean,
1: no, I no, I don't think so. Certainly not this season. You know, eventually things do die down and, and we'll move on to, to things. But, but no, I, I think, you know, whether it's a new revelation or just a new take on an old one. This season, where you know everything that happens with the Astros, whether it's good or bad, you know if they came out, let's say they came out and won their first ten games, uh, you know it, it may satisfy some people saying, "Yeah, they're just they're hey they're banding together, they're coming out and showing people, hey we're not cheaters." But in the eyes of some people, they'll you know somebody will probably say, "Okay, so now you know what way are they cheating this time? They're ten and zero. They've got to be doing something wrong." So. And if they come out and go 0 and 10, then of course the you know the prevailing thought is going to be, see, they they can't even win without cheating and, and trying to get an edge. So no, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon at all. Especially now that spring training is underway, when the season gets underway and they go on the road, they're going to have to face the fans. They're going to have to face the you know other teams, media. And even the on Houston media, they're they're still going to ask questions about it throughout the whole season. I'm sure.
0: Well, let me just try to hit a couple of these things that happened this week because I, I have I do have some thoughts. And, and let me just start with Jim Crane. And look, can can I be as publicist, Stephen? I'm looking for extra work, and it's, it's got to pay well. And his PR team is is a joke. Like, what are they doing over there with the Astros?
1: Yeah, I to me, Jim Crane didn't do himself or the team any favors by what he said. And, and whether you believe it or not, you know, it, look, if if that's what he believes, that's what he believes. OK, fine. He's the owner of the team. I guess he has the right to believe that the World Series wasn't tainted or, or none of the games that the Astros played in 2017 and part of 2018 were tainted. But it's just not something that you put off in your public image of the team And Jim Crane didn't do himself any favors. And most of the Astros players, for that matter, didn't do any favors. And we'll get into that in a moment. But yeah, going back to Jim Crane, I think he just made himself and the team look worse by the things he said and and how he said them.
0: Well, the players were fine once they got into the individual situation, you know, after the press conference. But the press conference, Stephen, the the problem with that, that was about the Astros and Crane and how they set the whole thing up because it looked like... Uh, it looked like the Soviets coming out, you know, we, we are, are, are sorry. You know, we, we, we did something wrong. Uh, that's it. That's the three second press conference. Uh, let's move on. You know, it it, it was just stupid. Yeah. The problem with apologies, Robert, on so many levels is
1: that if, if you're not going to be genuinely sorry about something to me, it's better not to do it at all. Look, if, if, if I did something to you that hurts your feelings or that if I wronged you in some way, what would you rather I do? Would you rather I call you up and say, I'm Robert. I'm sorry, man. So, you know, it's all good. Or would you rather, if I don't really mean it, would you rather I just not call you at all? I mean, the, the Astros, that, that whole press conference really didn't do them any favors for, for that very reason. Is that it just, they didn't seem genuine. Now, yeah, some of the individual, I think Carlos Correa was probably the most candid of everyone, which I was a little surprised. I thought if anybody would be candid, And and really come to the forefront. It might be Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve, but Carlos Correa was pretty candid in some of the things he said, but, but, but as a unit, as a team, you know, this was supposed to be a collective band of of players, coaches, owners, you know, everyone coming together saying, Hey,
0: let me, let me just say though. I mean, you say nobody was candid. None of the play. I I heard Marley Rivera. She's a national writer she comes on the buster only podcast she was there amongst the scrum i haven't heard a lot from the local media you know just about kind of what they're feeling but i don't i almost throw out the local media because they're biased but i'm looking for like a national voice and it's hard to like it is really and that's another story i'm going to get to in a second it's really hard to find a national voice that's out there with an with a uh kind of um Medium opinion about things or like a middle of the road kind of thought process. But Marley basically said, she said, the players were great. She said they were very authentic. She said there was no media jumping in. They stood there and took a battery of questions. There were people surrounding each and every one of them. The, the, the players, she said, all did a fantastic job. Yes, Correa was the best one, but she said, she said all of them were were really good and there was nobody that you know there's nobody that's saying okay that's enough stop now the, the there was the stop thing with the Korea and, and, and that's what I want to get to next because you know I go to the what happened with Korea on MLB Network and you said and let's go back you said Correa was uh honest and yes okay he, he gets with MLB network. He was honest. Great to hear that Altuve didn't cheat and I'm I'm gonna go back to the whole Altuve situation and, and him not cheating. But here was my problem with Correa, Steven, and I don't know what you think about this, but you listen to what he said and he's going over, you know, you know, you can't say we didn't deserve the World Series because here's what happened in the World Series. And he's going through every single game and why, you know, X and Y and Z and blah, 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 blah. But Carlos, the deal is you, you got to the World Series. You don't get there because of, Something that, you know, beating even just winning the postseason, which, OK, they win every game at home against the Yankees and the Yankees win every road game. And, and he could say, well, the Yankees couldn't score, you know, I mean, the Yankees, you know, th- they didn't score any runs either. in in the Astros home games. But th- the fact is, the Astros had a home field advantage against the Yankees, which got them to the World Series because of what they did in the regular season. That's the thing. It's all It all adds up. So you can't say, well, we, got, we won the World Series, honestly, because we beat the Dodgers fair and square, when maybe you don't get home field advantage. You probably don't get home field advantage if you're cheating every single game throughout. The, you know what the baseball is being thrown every single darn game in the regular season or just about every game. I mean, that's the problem with what he said.
1: Yeah, and I think really to me, it, it could be just the, the fact that Carlos Correa, sometimes I think you can say too much to prove a point. And that may be what he's guilty of. I I think he was trying so hard to prove his point that maybe he went a little bit too much into the analysis and and dissecting why. I I, I just think that really what it should have been is, look, we are genuinely sorry we did this. We realize that this, you know, it it affected other players' livelihood, you know, and it affected other teams that might have won a championship. But they stopped short of saying that really. I I just think you you either need to say what you need to say and leave it alone and move on or don't say
0: anything. And, yeah, Carlos Correa in that case is probably just guilty of saying too much. And let's talk about Altuve and not cheating because this is an interesting point. Okay, if, if Altuve doesn't want to cheat, that's fine. But he's still the leader of the team and he's everybody regards him as the leader of the team. And AJ Hinch can say I, I beat up TVs and i you know, but nobody listened to me. And Altuve, you know, I didn't want to cheat, but but those two guys, if they are your leaders, then they and they and they're doing this, and nobody's listened either. Number one, they're bad leaders, or number two, they just didn't meet up with the team and said this. I, I, this is why are we doing this. This is not right. So that's fine. Altuve didn't cheat. That's great, okay? That might work a little bit better for his Hall of Fame candidacy, but it doesn't work better in my mind that Altuve, as a leader, as the guy on that team, didn't say, no, we're not doing this. We don't have to do this. This is wrong. And if this gets out, and how does it not get out? I mean, that's the thing I think we talked about early in this process, Stephen. When this stuff comes out, how does this not – how do you think this doesn't get out, you know, at some point? Because guys leave – and stuff leaks out, and it happens. How do you feel like you're going to get away with this? And once it gets gets out, your reputation is screwed. You as a human being, and your organization, and the World Series. I, I just don't understand like what the thought process with 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 any of these guys was. It, it just is, is, it, the whole thing is lunacy. Well,
1: that's right, and especially in in today's technology, social media. Uh, social media videos, you know, there's a video for everything now. I just think that these, these guys, they are so consumed with doing what they want to do. And I don't know if it's arrogance, a sense of entitlement, you know, when it comes to leadership, you know, part of being a good leader is having the backbone to stand up and say, you know what, guys, this is wrong. And, And whether you're doing it or not, if you can't stand up as a leader of the clubhouse, whether it's Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, AJ Hinch, whomever, and say, we need to, you guys need to stop this now. If you can't do that, then your leadership definitely comes into question. And look, if it wasn't, if it hadn't been Mike Fires, it'd have been someone else. Like you said, players leave, you know, if somebody gets is disgruntled because they were left off the playoff roster where they got released from the team and they go on somewhere else, they have nothing to lose by blowing the whistle on something that they saw. Of course, you know, why couldn't Mike Fires have stood up at that point somewhere during the season and said it, but you know, maybe he felt he, he, probably wasn't one of the big team leaders. Well, whatever the case, the leadership has to come forward and they didn't, and that's that's about as bad as saying that the whole team cheated.
0: The other thing that really I'm getting tired of and and hopefully Stephen, I mean, what do you think? You are is it hard for you to find some, somebody that's middle ground on this stuff? It's it's the Houston media is they're defending it. There's got people in the Houston media. I see Defending the Astros ad nauseum, which, you know, to me, you, you can't you can't defend them. And, and but there's people in the national media that want them hung up by ropes. And I, I that's the I don't get it. I don't, Like, where is the to me? This is where this is like America right now. You know, you, on the one side, you got Astro fan who says, who cares about cheating as long as you win? I'm sure everybody cheats. So it's OK if we do. Uh, they wear my team's uniforms, so they have they can have no morals or ethics, and I'll root for them. So that's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is everybody besides Astro fan says every Astro player is evil. Kick everybody in the franchise out of baseball. Uh, I know for a fact that my team always plays fair and doesn't cheat. What? Yeah. Yeah. And then throw at Astros players' heads and try to. Injure or maim yeah. them because that'll that's going to solve this. So, like this is this is this kind of reminds me of just kind of where we are as a society at this point.
1: Well, you just summed it up. Unfortunately, this is the case with any issue, and it's not even just sports related. It, it's the same with politics. We have dividing lines, black or white, with everything, and the whole situation with the Astros is, is no exception. No, I I cannot think of you know the the girl you just mentioned is probably the only one I could even think of. That is at least, and I use the word objective, I guess is the best word to put, you know, is that of, with this situation of saying, look, let's let's clear our heads about this. Yes, the Astros were wrong in what they did. Rob Manford's report says so. You know, that that is the defining line here. But let's not go crazy and say, you know, this could have happened or this should have happened and we need to throw at them because they cheated. I mean, How is that going to solve anything? It isn't going to change what happened. It, it's over. It's done. And Major League Baseball, they they had, you know, they had the chance to strip the Astros of the title. They didn't do it. At some point, you've got to put this behind you. If you're Cody Bellinger, if you're the Dodgers, if you're the Yankees, if you're Mike Balsinger, you, you know, you've got to put this behind you and move forward. But as I said earlier, Robert, I I, you know, I'm getting tired of hearing all these things, but honestly, this is what the Astros get. This is the Pandora's box they've opened. By deciding that this is okay,
0: yeah. As far as the California Little League stuff, I mean, I I, just, I don't recall. Maybe I'm forgetting. It's been a while. Do you remember? You know, Pee Wee team saying, "Hey, we're not, we're not going to be the Patriots. We're not. We're disallowing Patriots because they were cheaters back when they were videotaping." stuff no i i don't think it's that I mean, I mean the only thing i might think of is
1: you know with indian names and the controversies about that you know i think there might have been some little league teams that, that dropped that but no as far as the patriots or anyone else has been caught I, I maybe it's happened what i just haven't seen it
0: you, you ready to move on you want to go to something you Yeah, let's move on to something, yeah, is, there?
1: On to something. Is, is there do we have a anything positive we can talk about right now i need a
0: smile right now it's monday we're recording this so let's <laughs> oh, What else do we got? I I do want to get to NBA All-Star Weekend because I I actually think that's positive. Before I I get there, just a a couple of quick Texans things. I don't know if this is positive, but it's different. Uh, (laughs) Vernon Hardgrave's story uh, might be over in Houston. He was released by the Texans, owed a ton of money, so I'm assuming they tried to renegotiate the contract at a far lower price. They couldn't agree on a number. He's going to test the market. He could still potentially come back to the Texans, Stephen, but – uh, you know, Vernon Hargraves, I, I, th- it was the only thing to do. I just don't know, you know, wh- where he's going to go and get a good cu- – I mean, he was a guy that was cut, and a lot of teams had a chance to go after him before the Texans. You know, you look at the waiver wire, and they didn't, and the Texans did. So there you go.
1: Well, that's right. I, I don't know. He certainly he, – he helped the Texans in some situations, but it's not as if he suddenly became a star when he's with the Texans, and he's suddenly going to get this huge contract – so it could very well be that he will come back just, you know, in a different negotiated salary. But I, I think you're going to see some changes, though, in the secondary, certainly. You know, the question is, with the limited amount of draft choices and, and of course, the, the free agents that we, we still need to get into free agency, you know, who are the Texans going to go after that's going to be a whole lot better than a Averton Hargraves or, or some of the other guys they picked up off the waiver wire last season
0: well the astros are cheaters and now the texans are liars well according to uh, ed reed uh <laughs> anyway a bleacher report story reed said he didn't like kubiak's old school mentality or how the texans coaching staff communicated with players he thought his suggestions to the coaching staff this was back a few years ago when the texans brought him on when he was a basically a skeleton of his Hall of Fame self. and uh, he, he thought his suggestions to the coaching staff would be seen as helpful, but his feedback wasn't welcome. He said, quote, you actually brought me in, recruited me and asked me to tell you the things that I'm telling you. And when I started saying that stuff, they shrugged me off. It was like, nah, that's not how we do it. So I was lied to. I'm too old to be lied to. Well, you know what, Robert? There is one positive thing about everything you've said about
1: this Ed Reed situation. You can't blame Bill O'Brien. <laughs> if you're a Bill O'Brien hater, that's one thing. You, you can't blame Bill O'Brien for this one because this issue happened years ago before Bill O'Brien even came to the Texans. So there you go. There's my positive take on it. Now, from what I've, you know, from what I've read with people who have, who covered Ed Reed when he was in Baltimore, I, I, you know, first of all, I don't even know why he's bringing up this issue so many years later. The guy just made the Hall of Fame. So what? Why is he talking about this? All these years later, I mean, what does he have to be bitter about? Okay, it was a bad experience on both sides. Now, I I didn't cover the Texans directly with, you know, when when Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips and, you know, Vance Joseph were there. Uh, you may have, I know you covered the Texans at some point, Robert, so you may have better insight into this, but I, I just can't picture Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips lying to Ed Reed about, you know, from, from what I understand, yes, they, they did ask Ed to take a leadership role with some of the guys on the defense and uh, apparently he maybe took it a little bit too much to heart and tried to tell players what to do against what wade phillips vance joseph and gary kubiak were saying you know it's a case of he said she said i i don't know why he's bringing up this issue you know this happened back what 2013 the year that the the texans were so bad
0: Uh, maybe somebody asked him about it which is fine but you know he's talking about gary kubiak but the defensive coordinator is wade phillips is there a Better players coach than Wade Phillips and well and that's football? yeah exactly that's that's
1: what I come back to is the you know I I never covered the Texans when Wade Phillips was there and I've never met Wade Phillips personally but I have a hard time believing that Wade Phillips just outright lied to players just because of the reputation that he's had for so many years of being a players coach
0: and they gave Ed Reed a stupid amount of money he needs they to get sure on did. his knees and thank thank them for the four million or whatever that he got.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't understand why this whole thing is coming out now. I mean, I, the guy, he was just voted into the Hall of Fame. I'd be wanting to talk about that, you know, talk about the rest of his career. Uh, yeah, just the, the timing of this is just interesting. So I kind of tend to feel like, OK, maybe there was a misunderstanding of what his role was supposed to be with the Texans. But the fact is, you know, as, as I also understand, he went off and had hip surgery on his own, with his own people and not the Texans doctors. So yeah, it it just sounds to me like it's a case of Ed Reed just kind of being his own person, being his own boss, and making his own decisions. You know, separate to what the Texans wanted to do. All
0: right, let's get to the positives. There, we we do have positives for this show, and 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 a couple of them. We'll start off with the NBA uh, Rockets uh, off since Tuesday, but they got another win against a really good playoff team. They beat they beat the Celtics. They beat the Lakers recently. So that's the good news for the Rockets. Now, the NBA All-Star Weekend, normally it's a lot of – it's been bad and a lot of I don't care over the last 20 years, Stephen. You're the same way about this, right? It's just you don't care about the NBA All-Star Weekend anymore, right?
1: Well, you know, some of the weekend I, I actually I, – now, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the skills competitions and the dunking contest. I saw parts of it, but my own feeling of the All-Star Game itself – to me, I kind of treat it as the same as the Pro Bowl. It's undisciplined. Nobody wants to play defense. You know, I, I know they changed the format a little bit, more of a cumulative scoring thing with you know the two teams instead of it being what it's been. Um, and, and I did watch some of the All Star game, but yeah, I, I just can't. I, I can't get all revved up about it the same way. For some reason, I think that the Major League Baseball All Star game is about the only one that I watch anymore. Uh, but as far as the All Star Weekend, I mean, the, even the, the slam dunk contest didn't happen without some controversy. So, you know, people are still talking about it. So, the weekend itself, I think, is kind of cool to watch some of the skills competitions, the, the three point shooting, the, the dunk contest. But the game itself, I, yeah, it just doesn't move me very much.
0: Well, let me tell you, I, I, maybe you missed it this this time around, but this is best NBA All Star Weekend in 30 years. I thought uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, I'll get back to the skills competition. Uh, Buddy healed wins on a last second uh, three point and the three point competition last second shot uh, on his on his final basketball. So that was pretty cool. I definitely want to get back to the dunk competition because you mentioned the controversy there. But uh, what they did with the game, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, I was kind of uh, I didn't watch a ton of the first half. And, you know, they, they, they were doing this new thing by the quarters where. If you win, right. the the kids get the, the, this money for charity, a ton of money for charity. I, I, I think it was fifty
1: thousand dollars, if I recall.
0: I think it was a hundred. Was it a hundred? Yeah, I think it was a hundred uh, yeah, okay. for for each quarter. And these kids are they're they're in the stands. They've got the t shirts on for the the different conferences for Team Giannis for Team or not the conferences anymore. It's Team Giannis and Team LeBron right. and all that. They, they play to uh, a score which. Uh, I thought was pretty cool in the final quarter. I thought, okay, uh, that, that might work uh, sort of playground style, but the big thing, Stephen, is that last quarter. I mean, well, first of all, the end of the third quarter, I, I caught most, I caught, I think the entire third quarter, that third quarter, it comes down to the first two quarters. There was no contest. The third quarter It was like, oh, this is coming down towards the end. And, of course, our guy Russell Westbrook misses a free throw that would have mattered. Uh, He also misses a a last set. They they throw the ball to him with two seconds left after taking some timeouts and making some shots towards the end of the quarter. to tie game. Russell Westbrook to win it, uh, to win the quarter. He misses a shot. So there we go. So it rolls over into the fourth quarter. And this is where it got great because all of a sudden – it was like these guys were playing like it was the NBA Finals on both sides. Defensively, it was lockdown mode. Uh, we we almost got a preview, I thought at times, of a Milwaukee Bucks Lakers Finals because Giannis was playing LeBron and LeBron was playing, uh, you know, Joel Embiid or, or and, Oh and Giannis was also playing uh, Anthony Davis. They, those guys were playing like uh, they're defending for their livelihood, and and it was the NBA Finals, and I thought. Boy, this NBA Finals is going to be fun if Giannis is on LeBron and Giannis is on Anthony Davis. And you know who else showed up defensively in the fourth quarter, Stephen? James Harden.
1: Yes, he did. Now, why can't he do that with the Rockets on a regular basis? That would be my question. But yeah, hey, and and how about Chris Paul? He was lobbing and jamming in the first half. Where, where was he? He looked like an all-star, at least for what uh, parts I saw. I, I saw parts of uh, most of the first half and little bits and pieces of the second half, but Man, Chris Paul was doing some some jamming and lobbing in the first half, certainly.
0: Yeah, and not only that, what I thought was interesting, uh, we're, we're, we're no, towards the very very end of the game. They're you know, they're trying to get to the number of points to win the game. James Harden gets the ball, and he's coming along the baseline, and he's it's not a wide open layup because there's guys guarding the rim. So James, unselfishly, you know, and I know nationally, you know, he, he's known for his unselfishness uh yeah not <laughs> i
1: hear the sarcasm <laughs> but
0: but we know james harden i i i just it's not it, no it, it that, that's not the james harden we, he's not really selfish he's can can he not try at times can he be lazy at times can he be not focused at times yes but you know he, he he passes the ball he he not only passes it uh outside he passes to a wide open chris paul who he apparently hates And even after that, you know, again, I get back to this national thing where it's like they have got a narrative against Houston. And now it seems like every sport, you know, we hate the Texans because they're boring, but they've got Deshaun Watson and JJ Watt. No, but they're still boring. And and who cares about the Houston Texans? And we hate the Astros because of the, you know, everybody cheated. And of course, nobody else on any other team cheated. And the Astros are just the, the, the cruelest. You know, awful. And I get that. Okay. I get some of that. I get most of it, but I don't get all of it. And then the Rockets, it's James Harden. And and, and there is an absolute narrative around this guy. And Reggie Miller, after Chris, James Harden, you know, does not shoot the ball, throws it to a wide open Chris Paul, who he got traded Still finds a way to make it about Harden screwing up. Still says, oh, he, he, had a, he looks like he had an open layup and he didn't shoot. I mean, come on. Well, it,
1: yeah, it, it goes back to what you said earlier, though, about, you know, drawing the lines of objectivity. You're either on one side or the other about James Harden. I mean, that's that's another great example right there. You just touched on it of how somebody is just going to take something that James Harden did that was positive and is going to turn it into a negative. Now, you know, my my question from here on out is, OK, James. How much are you going to do that with the Rockets the rest of the season when it's warranted? I mean, obviously, if you need to take the shot, take the shot. But if you need to pass it to someone else, and, and if you need to play defense, which, you know, there's been plenty of criticism about him doing that on a consistent basis, then you need to do that with your team, just like you did in the All-Star game.
0: The All-Star ending, though, I mean, you know, yeah, it was a walk-off free throw, and that, that's not, but that was a legitimate foul, and Kyle Lowry's out there Grabbing and taking, charge. I mean, Kyle Lowry was, you know, you, you would have thought his his entire, uh, like all the money that he owns in the world was on the end of this game. I mean, Kyle, I'm that's one guy I really miss. Stephen is Kyle Lowry on the Rockets. Yeah,
1: I, I'd have to say we we could certainly use somebody of his metal right now. And going back to what you said earlier regarding the All Star game and, and kind of some of the changes they made, I, I think they needed to do something to to kind of spruce up the weekend. And, and yeah, I, I think on, on all levels, really, from an overall standpoint, I, I think it worked. Now, will it work over the long haul? Well, that remains to be seen. But yeah, I kind of like some of the changes they made. And just not just for the weekend itself, but just the game and how it was played. And as you said, the fourth quarter, that was something to watch. You know, the problem is, is if you don't play that way the first couple quarters, you know, people like me are probably going to tune out at, at some point. But I, I do like the standpoint of what they did, the changes that they made for this particular All Star weekend.
0: Maybe you can incorporate this somehow because it, it it was made interesting the entire game because they were playing for these quarter wins and I you know right, put some right. put some kids. Maybe that's it, uh, Stephen. That's what the Rockets need. Uh, tell Daryl Morey and, and, and Tillman, hey, uh, hey Rockets, let's put some kids out uh, at the front of the uh, stands. And put on James Harden t-shirts and say, all right, if you win the first quarter, these kids, you know, me, Tillman, Fertita, we're we're going to give $100,000 to these. You know, maybe that gets them engaged so we can get off to some good starts for the Rockets in the yeah, first quarter. And, and maybe the Texans need to do the same thing. Maybe they'll get off to better starts
1: if, if they have some incentive, you know, <laughs> into the stands. But yeah, maybe that, that's an example
0: that, that all the Houston teams can probably deal with. I want to go to the dunk competition because I got to admit, Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones, it was one of the best dunk contests I've ever seen. I mean, with every yeah. year, it gets harder and harder to impress me. You feel like, what else can they do? But the one where Jones jumped over a guy as he threw the ball <laughs> off the backboard, caught it, brought it between his legs before the slam, that was crazy impressive. The other one where, uh, is when Gordon grabbed a pass off the side edge of the backboard and grabbed the ball with one hand while doing a 360 windmill slam. This stuff is stuff that I haven't seen before. It you know, you've you got to do something now. And Steven, what I also respected was how nearly every slam was done on either the first or second try. Most of them on the first try.
1: Yeah, that's really what what's amazing about it. And of course if I don't know if you're a team that these guys play on do you, do they hold their collective breath every time they do something like this when you know the, the the possibility of an injury but man these these guys didn't hold back i mean they they came and they brought it i i can't remember a dunk competition being like that in years and years you know back in the 80s and 90s when you saw these incredible dunks but yeah this weekend definitely offered that and then some i, I don't think we expected some of the moves we saw, uh, saw from those guys.
0: So there's controversy at the end because basically Aaron Gordon gets a perfect score on every single dunk until the last one. And then he jumps over taco seven foot five or whatever he is taco fall uh, on his last dunk. And, and so you go, okay, uh, these guys, this is going to go on and on. And and I thought, I, I thought Adam Silver or somebody with the NBA was going to jump in because what you don't want to do is you don't want to have tired players. You talk about injuries. You don't want to have tired guys jumping over people and somebody gets hurt because they got too tired or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and I just thought there was a point where it's like, what else can these guys do to our impressives? They, impressives, they've done enough at this point. But then uh, everybody agreed it should have been a tie. Uh, or, or Aaron Gordon should have won because Derek Jones got to the second round uh, not because he was getting perfect scores, but because he was one of the top two. And so Aaron, Aaron Gordon, meanwhile, is, is is basically putting up 50s. At, uh, you know, I mean, they're perfect dunks every single time. So it, it's a tie or it's Aaron Gordon wins. Aaron Gordon had already gotten screwed out of a dunk competition a couple of years ago, which I also agreed. I thought yeah. he was fantastic in that one. But basically the reason why uh, Derek Jones wins this thing instead of Aaron Gordon or it be, being a tie was uh, Dwayne Wade, he screwed uh, Aaron Gordon so his own guy could win, which is it's like, why <laughs> is why is Dwayne Wade, you know, why is he judging this? He, obviously, he's a Heat guy. He's a Derek Jones guy. I mean, why is he in the, even one of the judges?
1: That's what I was going to say. I mean, it, it's not even about what the judges' decisions were. It's about who's judging, you know, the credibility of the judges. But it it almost reminds me of, uh, you know, the boxing judges that gave a split decision when the the, the guy obviously won on points, you know, something like that. But yeah. Who who makes the decision of who judges these competitions and why do you have a guy that is going to kind of set it up to make make sure his own guy wins? And
0: whether it's intentional or not, you know, it just doesn't make sense. One thing they got to do with this slam dunk and who cares? It's, a, you know, whatever. It's a show. I know it doesn't matter. But one thing they that, that they would they could do that would really, I think, help it a lot is let let guys vote. You know, nine point three, nine point five. What, what? You know, if you gave them a half points and stuff like, we, it, it, it would, it would give a little bit more variation in the scoring, and and it wouldn't be, you know, you're like, well, that's a nine, but that's also a nine, or that's a ten, but that's also a ten. Yeah. But I think there's a difference between these two. But if you're a judge, you're like, well, that's, I mean, what else, what else do I want the guy to do? It's a ten, it's perfect. And the next guy does something, and and it might be like a hair harder. And what else am I going to do? But if you give them a 9.5 or even, a, you know, I think you should just give them whatever. Like if you want to do a 9.6 or a 9.7, that basically eliminates all ties and all, you know, it gives a lot more variation to it.
1: Well, that may be true. I mean, I, I don't think regardless of what the competition is, whether it's serious or just putting on a show, you want it to be fair or at least as fair as possible. I don't know if you can be 100% fair down the middle of everything. You just want it to be fair. Otherwise, why would... Why would people want to watch it if there's going to be obvious bias on one side or the other?
0: And Pat Connaughton was also great. He had the white men can't jump outfit <laughs> on, and he he did it oh, yeah. really nice. Dunk. I mean, he was good. And I mean, really, the weakest of the four was Dwight Howard. But whatever you say about Dwight Howard, he's a guy that everybody knows that decided to be in the dunk competition. And there just there's not a lot of the, those guys these days. Give him credit for just showing up. Give him give him credit for showing up, and and you know people are still talking about him. So yeah. Let's do some more good news because uh, the NBA All-Star weekend I thought was great. I also, you know, continue to be impressed with our Houston Roughnecks who win 28-24, P.J. Walker, 170 yards passing, three touchdowns. And, Steven, the great thing for XFL fans in Houston is how good P.J. Walker and their offenses look. The bad news, though, for the XFL is – He's really the only QB who's had two good games and quarterback play and offense looks really bad. And that was one of the downsides of the AAF. It's amazing how hard it is to find, and I don't know what you think, how hard it is to find good pro quarterbacks in the NFL and XFL with all the heavy quarterback offenses in college. It's an offensive game in college football.
1: It is. And, and here's a perfect example. Who was playing quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks? Jordan Tamu. You know, Jordan Tamu, he he had a cup of coffee with the Texans in training camp last year. Actually, it was it may have been a, a saucer sized cup of coffee. It was so small. But when you have guys like Jordan Tamu in there who, you know, put up 24 points, that that tells you right there. I, I We have to remember the level of football that we're talking about here. A lot of these guys have either had tries with the NFL and didn't make it or didn't even get that far. But I will say, you know, at least the first two weeks, it has been entertaining to watch. The Roughnecks games are the only XFL games I've watched. I Admittedly, I haven't seen Dallas play. I haven't seen some of the other games. The, the, the uh, Roughnecks are the only team I've really been interested in. But I have to say, at least with the two games I've watched with them, keeping in mind the level of talent on the field, it has at least been entertaining. It hasn't been really sloppy football. There have been some some weird, wacky plays like on the sack that <laughs> PJ Walker took and he, he rolled over on top of the opponent and he ends up getting up and throwing the ball downfield, you know, completed pass. Now, they they didn't count it, but they almost did. They had to go back and look at it. You know, plays like that, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, when would you see that in the NFL? You might. So I've at least been entertained by what I've seen in the XFL the first couple weeks.
0: Yeah. That play reminds me of just their understanding in the XFL, all the things that the NFL doesn't seem to understand. Let the play play out. We can always go, go to replay. They're much more flexible about replay. It appears that the replay replays are much quicker, which has been really good. But I, I guess my point is about the offenses. Like the offenses have been bad. I mean, it's been bad just like it was in the AAF, and you can go, well, yeah, it's hard to find these guys in the NFL, but uh, the XFL, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense that in, in these other leagues, it doesn't make any sense because in all high school and college football, and I cover a lot of high school football, and I watch a lot of college football, it's, it's an offensive game. And what I, I don't understand is uh, these guys are going against the same level of guys. It's not like there's NFL defenses going up against XFL defenses. I mean, these are guys that couldn't make the NFL period. So why in the XFL and the AF, why is offense so bad when at every other level it hasn't been, I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, this is the first season. There hasn't been enough time. They haven't, you need more time offensively than maybe you do defensively to, to get ready. I don't know what it is. Um, and it's, it's interesting to me because I think a lot of this has to do, you know, we can go back to the fact that this is about what they're doing in college football and it's not uh, pro level. It's not the best coaching in the world. So you set up these offenses where it, it's uh, the, the, the type of uh, offenses that you're, you're seeing, the, the, the play calling, the, 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 the complication of it isn't there. On, on a college level and and you get much more complicated when you're talking about a professional level. That's that's the only thing I can think of.
1: Yeah, and that's right. And and let's be honest, if if it weren't for the Roughnecks defense, they probably wouldn't have won that St. Louis game because they made a couple of interceptions that, that put them in positions to score. The offense didn't look particularly sharp all the way throughout, certainly like like what they did the first week. But they did what they had to do to win, and uh, you know what the XFL is obviously trying to do. They're they're trying to have appeal with with some of the other things. Like I I, I really enjoy the extra point thing. Yeah, it's different. It's it's unconventional, but I kind of like it because it just in, incorporates strategy. You've got to really think: should I go for should I go for the one? Should I go for the two? Or you know should I really take a chance and go for the three? Um, I, I just I enjoy that rule probably more than any other. Because there is no guarantee with that extra point anymore that it's going to be made. Even at one point, you start at the two-yard line,
0: there's no guarantee. You, you still have less of a guarantee to make that than if you kicked it. All right. I think that's – we pretty much hit everything. Is there anything in sports? And, and I mean, Cougars got a last-second loss, which is like the, their third last-second loss. Yeah, they had loss. that last-second loss to
1: uh, SMU, and that's – you know we, we thought they were on a roll. We kind of talked about this last time that maybe they were on a roll – so yeah, that's kind of disappointing, but no, other than that, you know, just the the fact that the, the all-star weekend looked great, you know, we're, we're still watching football in February. That's kind of, it's kind of weird to say and spring training is is going on and I, I hate to get back to the Astros, but gosh, you know, being an Astro fan, it's just not going to be the same watching them now with all this stuff going on. It just would, would be nice to have it blow over. And we just watch some baseball that that's, that's really all I want to do. Baseball is
0: my favorite sport of all of them. I just want to watch baseball. The Rockets, uh, we should say, they're they're about to start the second half of this. Well, not the second half. It's really post All-Star break. So there's really not that many games left. You look at it, they've already played 54, which if I'm doing my quick math, there's 28 games left to go in the season. So this is this is really the home stretch for them. They got 28 games to make up. Right now, they're two in the loss column. Behind the third seed, the Clips and the Jazz are tied for the third seed with 18 losses. The Rockets have 20 losses. They played less games. Be- it looks like than the, the than the Clippers, um, so uh, they might play like maybe another game or two than the Clippers, and that that's going to help them if they get wins with those extra games instead of losses. But uh, maybe you can catch the Nuggets too because they're only three games in, in the loss. But it starts to get really hard because now you're trying to jump three teams to get up to the two seed. Their best bet is probably to get up to that two, three Steven, because that way you avoid the Lakers until the champ, the uh, Western conference finals, potentially Uh, maybe if you, if you can move the Clippers out of the two, three over to the four, then the Lakers and Clippers beat up on each other in in the second round, potentially.
1: Well, the way to do that is the Rockets are just going to have to get on a roll that they really haven't been on this season. And it, and it remains to be seen whether the small ball thing is going to work, you know, as as we get into the rest of the season. So I, I think in order to do that, the, the Rockets are really going to have to start being more consistent and bring it the rest of the way.
0: couple of last things, just a, some reminders, We, as we always tell you to do, if you're a fan of the show, retweet us uh, the the links to the show. That would help us out a ton or share a link up on Facebook. You can just share it off of our Houston Sports Talk Facebook page. Or if you just want to you know, put it up for your followers, say you enjoy the podcast, here's the latest one, this is what they're talking about. Same thing with, with Twitter, but also just uh, keep in mind, we're doing the Throwback Thursdays every week. They're old interviews. Some of you might have heard of them, but I know a lot of people are just joining on. If you're a new listener also, as we get down the road with this thing, you know, you're going to be able to go to the the throwback Thursdays and kind of play catch-up with some of our best interviews. It'll be a quick way to look through your uh, feed and say, oh, there's a throwback Thursday. That might, you know, I just joined this. Um, This is a way for me to to catch up on some of the better interviews that we've done over the years. We thank you again for uh, joining us on another great episode. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk.